toward the end, we will pass the uh, baskets. You could throw the cards in there. And if you've done the uh, QR code, then you've made our life a little bit easier. And we'll get that directly to our office. So the next person actually probably needs no introduction here at our church because he's been here before. But I always get to introduce him because he comes a lot during the time when our pastor, when our senior pastor is on vacation. Uh, this gentleman has been a, a father, a grandfather, a godfather to this region. Um, God used him back in the day to, uh, to help start uh, some of the fledgling churches, the fledgling uh, parts of our movement that have become the vineyard in the Northeast. And let me tell you, the vineyard in the Northeast especially has been a force to be reckoned with in the vineyard and in the kingdom of God, and God continu continues to do great things. Uh, but Mike is like the godfather of that. He, well, our church was planted out of that. He was, uh, he's been a spiritual father to our pastor here for years and years and years. And I've had the pleasure of, especially recently, to be able to connect and, and just to um, uh, be able to kind of sit and be encouraged and strengthened and pushed forward by this by this man. And we also love Shar, his wife, who's a great, great human being. We love her to death. We love this couple. They're our family. They're your family. I want to introduce Mike Tergiano. Well, it certainly is a always a, a privilege and a joy to be with you guys here. And um, for those of you that are watching online, welcome. Um, <clears throat> I want to talk about uh, one of the most, I think, in my opinion, uh, having walked with, with Jesus for over 50 years now, I would say probably one of the most important things, uh, lessons uh, that I've learned over the years. And, um, you know, when uh, things are not going right in my life, when I feel, you know, there are these seasons in life where, you know, you don't feel like you're connecting very well with God, uh, you know, you know, prayer is hard. Um, you don't, I don't have that joy. Uh, I, I don't feel very strong. You know, we have these seasons. And I realize that when that happens, I become aware that I know that something basic in my life, in my walk with Jesus, has, is somehow out of line. Something's... You know, I, I, I need a tune-up, you know. And it's, it's not something that's very, very, very... Um, uh, uh, you don't have to be a spiritual giant. You don't have, it's not about being, you know, so, you know, uh, being a, a theologian. That it's something very, very, very basic. And I want to talk about one of those very, very basic things, okay, today. You know, Jesus said... Uh, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke up on you 
and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You know, I've, over the last, especially over the last couple of years, I've run into a lot of disappointed, discouraged Christians. Um, Christians that, that don't have peace of mind, don't have uh, the joy that they had hoped for when they became a follower of Jesus. They lack the power to, to overcome persistent worry and anxiety that they struggle with. They're like the Israelites. They, 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 they find themselves wandering round and round in a wilderness, never getting anywhere, you know, failing to find the rest for their souls that Jesus has promised us. You know, maybe I'm talking to some of you this morning. What's gone wrong? What is the problem? Well, maybe, just maybe, you don't fully understand, or maybe you've forgotten that Christ's call, come to me, also means remain with me. The whole point of uh, his calling you wasn't to forgive your sins and then send you off to work out life on your own. As if, you know, the saving part of God's work is on him. But now that you're saved, in gratitude to God, you think it's your job to live as a Christian and follow Jesus on your own. You might think that uh, this Christian life is uh, a partnership. It's not. Maybe the cause of your weakness and inconsistency is that you're partly working it out yourself and partly letting God help you. You want God to give you uh, a little help while you work out the rest. And like the prodigal son, you're allowing independence and self-reliance to cause you to wander off to that distant land of self-directed living rather than choosing a God-surrendered life. And like the prodigal, this is leaving you starving for the rest and the peace 
that comes from being at home and submitted to Christ. The problem might be that you're failing to abide. Abiding in Jesus is nothing less than entire, complete surrender. Giving yourself up to be ruled and taught and led by him. This is the key to being able to rest in the arms of God's love. Abiding is the secret of enjoying and keeping in the perfect rest that Jesus has promised us. It's this, this, this thing about surrender that gives us all such a hard time. You know, it, this, this, is, this is where it's at the heart of the abiding life. And we'll take a closer look at what that actually means. In John chapter 15, we're given a blueprint for rich and fruitful Christian living. This blueprint, if you follow this blueprint, if you make this in chapter 15, the plan, the, uh, your guide for the rest of your life, you'll get Christianity right. You'll, you'll live the promises of God for yourself. This, in chapter 15, actually is how Jesus himself lived. This is a description of not, not only our relationship to him, but his relationship to his father. He lived this way. Let's take a closer look at it, okay? Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in them bears much fruit. For without me, you can do only a little bit. No, no. What is he saying? You can do nada, nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you will bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, I also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, 
you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus uses the example of branch life to describe the kind of relationship he wants to have with each one of us. The Bible word for abide is meno in Greek. And it means to stay continually in a place. And when referring to our relationship with Christ, that word abide means to stay united and to remain permanently connected to him. So let's take a closer look at this branch life. Okay? First, first of all, branch life is a life of absolute dependence. The branch depends on the vine for everything. See? As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. The true vine, Jesus, must do the work, and I, the branch, must depend on him. Now, right there, that's a problem. That's a problem. Because I've been brought up to be independent. That's what it means to grow up. That's what it means to be an American. Independence is a big deal. We've been programmed. Self-reliance, independence. And now I'm supposed to be dependent. Now I'm supposed to rely totally on another. It hits something inside of me. You know, it, it is something that not only uh, at times, actually, it's scary. To let go, to rely on someone else, that's scary. And what do I do? When I feel that fear, I grab a hold of it and I start to control. You know? When I'm anxious, I take control. That's my human nature. Now I'm being told to do the opposite. See? So this, this is a big deal. This is a hard thing for me. I have to learn to remain completely reliant as one who knows nothing and is nothing and can do nothing without him. That even hurts my pride. You know? That means I got to humble myself. 
None of that is what I was brought up to do. Totally different. See? Andrew Murray, I don't know how many of you have ever heard of him. He's like a, 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 a church father. He was a, a, a writer, a, a father in the church. You know, he wrote this. I am some, <clears throat> excuse me, if I am something, then God isn't everything. But when I become nothing, God can become all. The branch, you see, is nothing but what it gets from the vine. You and I have to humble ourselves and accept that we can, can have only what we get from Jesus. That's the only thing that's going to bring meaning. It's the only thing that's going to last. I could grab a hold of a whole lot of stuff. I can try to secure myself. I could become my own savior, but it doesn't last. Only what I get from Jesus lasts and satisfies me. You see? So it sounds extreme. It sounds radical. It sounds fanatical. But Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing. Jesus knew what he was talking about because without his father, he could do nothing. He even said it. I only do what I see my father. My teaching is not my own. It's what comes from my father. I, I live to please my father. See, he lived this himself. Branch life is also a fruitful life. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. The branch simply maintains close connection and rests. The branch's job, if you will, is to stay connected, to stay close to the vine to the trunk of the tree. See? And, <clears throat> and it, the branch relinquishes control and trusts the vine to do its work. See? The branch doesn't struggle at working to produce fruit. <clears throat> An apple tree does not struggle to produce apples. Apples just happen as long as the branch is connected to the tree and they get the nutrients from the roots through the the trunk of the tree into the branches and boom. Apples. The tree doesn't doesn't go, I got to produce an apple. It just happens. It's not work. You see, it's the natural result of the life that is flowing in and through the branch. The branch just needs to stay open. The branch needs to relax and let the rest of the tree do its work. The branch simply does what it was created to do. You and I were created as humans to be fruitful and multiply. Isn't that what it says in Genesis? We were, we were born to live fruitful 
lives if we will live connected. The problem is, you know what happened. We disconnected in the garden. Now it's a struggle. See? The sap, the life of the heavenly vine is actually the inner life of Jesus, the strong inflow of the Holy Spirit into our lives. You see? And the fruit that we bear is actually the love of Jesus, the goodness of Jesus, the mercy of Jesus, the gentleness of Jesus, the generosity, etc., etc., of Jesus, who now you are connected to, who now is actually living in you by his spirit. But he doesn't force us. He doesn't twist our arm. We are a host. We host him. Are we good hosts? Do we let him have the run of the house? When he does, he can bear fruit. You see? Branch life is also a life of rest. Boy, do we need rest these days. You know, the secret of perfect rest comes as a result of abiding in absolute surrender of love and obedience. It's only in being united with him in undivided loyalty that rest can really be experienced. You see, the same Jesus that said, abide in me, is the same Jesus who said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. He doesn't stop there. He says, take my yoke upon you. This is enter into a responsibility where I am the lead. I will lead you. You come into my yoke. You ever see two oxen in, the, in, the, uh, in a yoke together? One ox is the lead, the other follows. See? Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, and I, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The moment we yield ourselves to obey, you know, the Lord himself gives the strength and the joy to do it, to do his will. The, what he's looking for is your yes. 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 The Lord says to do this, I obey. Yes. Yes. And learning to live a life of yes to him. See? And, you know, with gentleness and with humility, he'll meet your every need to sustain you. Just as a mother, you know, upholds her weakest child, if we'll let him. 
So why is this rest so difficult for many of us to experience? Because we're stubborn. Because we refuse to be controlled. Uh, Because we resist being ruled and led by another. Because we ignore his teaching. Because we insist on having our own way and don't do what what he wills for our lives. Essentially, it's actually, it boils down to a failure to trust. We have a hard time trusting him. Now, some, some of us give the excuse that the very effort of abiding is hard work that drains them of rest. Uh, but you know what? It, it, actually, it, it's not the abiding that makes this whole thing difficult. It's our resistance to surrendering. That takes a lot of energy. Eh? That, uh, it's our resistance that tires us out and makes this type of living difficult. I had a puppy. And I was teaching it how to, how, to, how, to, you know, how to walk with me on a leash. Boy, that puppy had a lot of energy and a lot of independence. The dog just wanted to go her own way. I'd be walking, and, and, and bam, she'd see some distraction, boom, she'd be that way, or this way, or she'd stop. And I'd be yanking her and pulling her, and she'd be resisting. And that went on for weeks and weeks until she got the idea. But I would go out for these walks, and by the end of the walk, because they, the, the, you know, she would just be fighting her, using up all her strength to, to resist by the time we got back to the house, that poor dog, I, I had to carry her into the house. She was so tired. She wore herself out resisting. That's you and me. When we, when we, we try to live this life on our own, we, we resist the Holy Spirit that is in us telling us, go right. No, I want to go left. Forgive. No, I want to hold a grudge. Be generous, Mike. No, I only have enough for myself. And, that's, and I use all my energy resisting. And, it's, and I'm not joyful. I'm not rested. You know, all that God wants to give me, I'm pulling my own way. That's what's happening to a lot of us. See? Wholehearted surrender, though, rather than making this life harder, actually clears the way. When we surrender, when we let go, it clears the way for us to rest and abide and enjoy the new life that is in us. You see? Abiding in Jesus is simply the giving up 
of my ego and self-reliance, freeing me to rest in the arms of God's everlasting love like, we, you know, like, like I was always meant to live. And finally, branch life is a life of close communion with him. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Branches are in in, in close, constant connection with the vine all year round. The same goes for abiding in Jesus. This connection is a heart thing more than a head thing. Most of us pray with our minds, and we do a lot of our praying with our minds, but branch life and this communion that, that Jesus is talking about is a heart thing. Branch life is fellowship which, in which we pray not just with our heads, our minds, but with our hearts, you see? The mind, I have to learn to quiet my mind and be, learn how to still myself so that I can listen for the whispers and the promptings of the Holy Spirit in my inner being. The Bible calls my heart. This is where the Holy Spirit speaks mostly. It's in my heart. Yeah. And since this is a heart thing and not a brain thing, not an analytical thing, see, it's possible with practice to develop a deep awareness over time, an awareness of, of the Lord's presence, even though my mind might be on other things during the day, my work, my, you know, household chores, running errands. You know, over time, I can develop a God awareness that uh, grows to be actually stronger than my insecure self-awareness, you see? And this requires soul training. It's not something that we just pick up automatically. We train ourselves. We train our souls by carving out daily, undistracted, quiet time with Jesus every day. Now, for me, it's, it's early, early in the morning. For others, it might be late at night. It depends on who you are. You're, we're all different. But we need quiet time with Jesus, you see? Practicing being in the presence of God, listening and paying attention to him. And in time, the awareness of God's presence can become kind of like the background music playing in our hearts throughout the day, no matter, you know, what we may be doing. Even in those moments where things are going bad, I can become aware that, you know what, God is here. He's here with me. It changes things. See? It changes things. 
I can, I, when I become aware that God is around, I've learned to surrender the moment to him. And that moment, whatever it is, can become sacred. It becomes special. Whether I'm working on my car, whether I'm playing with my grandkids, waiting online at the bank, I can be connected, abiding, resting. And let me just say this. You know, you say, well, they're so busy, Mike. I got kids. I got jobs. I got Where am I going to find the time to be quiet with God, with Jesus? Well, let me just simply say this. You don't, you don't uh, find time. There's only 24 hours in a day. And if you can find a 25th hour, you know, you can become a millionaire. You could become a very successful, that 25th hour. There is no 25th hour. You don't find more time. You make time. And we make time. We seem to have the ability to make time for the things that we think are important and we love. Our hobbies, you know, the people we like. We make time. We find a way. You can find a way to spend some quiet time with God every day. Let me just, every day, it's like manna. Remember, the children of Israel could only gather enough manna, food that God would bring to them, right, in the wilderness every morning. He says, but you can only gather enough for today. You try to store up more for tomorrow, it goes bad, right? And it's the same way with grace. It's the same way with, with this life of abiding. You get enough grace for today. So every morning, what I do is I start out, for me, surrendering. Okay, Lord, today, I'm, I'm, I'm surrendering again to my day to you. You know, I want to abide. Help me to pay attention. Help me to be reminded that you're with me every day. I start my day that way, every day, because yesterday is not good enough. I have to do it today, and tomorrow isn't here yet. I have to concentrate on today. That's how I do it every day. It's my practice, see, one day at a time, abiding. Abiding is a constant daily Sometimes moment by moment thing. Because I could surrender in the morning, but by noontime, I could take control. Especially when things are going bad. So I have to, I surrender, I don't know how many times a day. I, I, I find myself having to surrender a lot. But it's become a habit for me. And the more I do this, the more I am experiencing his presence, his, his rest, and his joy. So let me ask you, are you anxious and soul-weary? Have you come here today uh, uh, just in need, you know, in need of rest for your soul? Are you, are you here today struggling with anxiety, worry, 
Is the Christian, you know, are you experiencing the joy that Jesus talked about? Or has, is, are things just hard right now for you? Even faith for you now is a struggle. Well, maybe it's because you haven't yoked yourself to Jesus and learned to abide. I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying that your sins are not forgiven. I'm not saying you're not a Christian. But I'm just saying that you might not be experiencing everything Jesus promised because you're not abiding. See? You can continue to resist and insist on having your own way or taking control of things your own way. Or you can surrender and depend completely and exclusively on Christ. It's up to you. This surrender stuff, this abiding thing is a decision that you have to make. God will not... You see, this is a love thing. And the only way love works is if it's voluntary. If I, if I have to force my kids, my grandchildren, to love me, you know, to, to show affection, to be... That's not love. Well, God wants your love. He wants, he wants you. And that's a decision. He won't, he won't force you. And so today, I believe that he's calling some of you to take that step of surrender. Trusting. Trusting. A, a deeper, a deeper life of trust, a more complete life of trust. Not just when it's easy, not just when it's convenient, but always trusting Him, obeying Him, saying yes, even when it's hard. I believe that's the challenge. Some of you have come. You're looking for rest. That's the price right there. Trusting Jesus and abiding in Him. So let's stand. This is Christianity 101, by the way. Remember I said when things go wrong in my life, it's usually something really, really basic. You know, it's just something that, this is not rocket science. This is what we teach our children in Sunday school. Trust Jesus. Trust him. Surrender. We have, this is a lifelong challenge. And I think the greatest, there's, 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 there's lots of reasons why we have a hard time trusting and surrendering there, but I think the basic one is fear. Fear of letting go. And I pray, Holy Spirit, now, as you fill this room with your presence, your love would drive out fear. The fear of losing control. The fear of surrendering.
Holy Spirit, come right now and, and help us to get past our resistance and open ourselves up to you, to your love. For those of you that are here this morning, that are weary in need of rest, right now, where you stand, as best you can, offer yourselves. Even, you know, like the, like the, the father that came to Jesus for, for help, and he says, I believe, but help my unbelief. I want to surrender, but it's hard for me to surrender. Help me to surrender. Give me grace. If you'll do that, he'll receive that. And he'll give you what you don't have. Because he lives in you. He's living in you. If you're a believer, if you're a Christian right now, Jesus is not far away. He's in you. And he, if you'll surrender, he'll give you his ability to trust. He will give you his ability to obey. He will give you his ability to surrender. Because that's the life that he lived with, with his father. He, but you have to get out of the way and let him live his life in you. Offer yourself now. Come, Holy Spirit. Release faith among us so that we can trust. I got this crazy word while while we were worshiping, and I'm just going <coughs> to speak it out. <clears throat> I, I, I don't think it's just one man. I think there's several. That you, you're here with your wife, and you, you come to church to please her. But she, you, in your mind, she's the real Christian. You know, you're here just to, be, to make peace, to have peace, to please your wife. But, but you, you, don't, you don't have that, that heart-to-heart connection with Jesus. But your wife does. And you come every day. It's a nice, you come every week. And, and it's, a, it's good, good, but you don't get much out of it. You're just pleasing your wife. Today is the day. God has brought you here, and he has been bringing it because of this moment where you, you know, he wants you. He loves you. He wants you to experience his life in you, his spirit breathing in you. This is for you. He's been after you. This is the day you have to make a decision.
there are several of you here that you have a heaviness on you. It's been on you, a darkness, almost like a a depression that that comes over you. Um, You haven't been able to shake it. it. You pray, you know, but it's still a darkness, a, a, a fear kind of a thing, you know, a, a depressing heaviness that comes on you. Jesus wants to set you free now if you'll surrender yourself to him. I don't know where you are. I'm not going to ask you to come forward or anything, but if that's you, put your hands out. And, and surrender right now. Now, Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, I come against that darkness. I come against that oppression. In Jesus' name, I break its power over you. In Jesus' name, I speak the love and the freedom of Jesus over you. I tell the enemy to stop lying to you. In Jesus' name, I tell depression to lift now. I tell the darkness that is in your soul to lift. In Jesus' name, Jesus' name. Give yourself to Jesus right now. Right now. Surrender to him. And let his spirit fill you. And then finally, there's one other thing. There's a number of you that come all the time asking, I want to be filled with the spirit. I want to be filled with the spirit. I want more of the spirit. Well, if that's your prayer, you have to be empty. You have to end. God cannot fill something that is already filled. And if you're filled, filled with self-reliance, you know, he, being filled with the Spirit means to be controlled by the Spirit. You can't be in control and be filled with the Spirit. He has to be in control. And that takes surrender. You don't get more of him. He gets more of you. That's what filling means. And if you want to be filled this this morning, just raise your hand, you know, put your hands out like that and give yourself up. Holy Spirit, come now as they offer themselves to you, as they give themselves as best as they can and surrender to you, as they do their best to to trust you with with their lives and allow you, Lord Jesus, to be the leader of their life the leader of their everyday life. Come and pour out your spirit once again on them. In the name of Jesus, be filled, be controlled by the spirit of God. Come. More.
If this is actually happening to you, be aware that you're going to sense his spirit talking to you, telling you things, uh, uh, you know, things about obedience and everything. And I, 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 I recommend that you listen and obey. Because again, being filled with the spirit is a daily thing. Daily trusting, daily obeying. Okay. We're going to end this service. I, I never end these services nice and neat, so I'm sorry. Uh, but we have, uh, we're going to take an offering, right? I am a good pastor. I know how to take an offering. All right, and they're going to be passing the baskets down. Listen, abiding is a lot, a lot to do with just trusting, trusting Jesus for everything. Staying close, just concentrate on staying close and pleasing Jesus, and you'll 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 be abiding. All right. May the presence, may the love, may the rest and peace of Jesus be with you all. Amen.